I have a 67 Plymouth Fury that is a Illinois State Police uh, replica. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a replica. If you go and look at 1967 Illinois State Police cars, it's correctly colored. It's the right, correct paint, correct uh, all equipment. And it's a 1967 Plymouth. That's, it's, it's kind of one of my hobbies that I had been into. And I still love the the, the, the aspects of uh, restoring old police cars correctly. And uh, I did have a, a 1988 Montana Highway Patrol car was a Brain Fury. Same thing, except this one had actual uh, heritage lineage to the original trooper. I had uh, I had actually written a letter. This is back when you used to write. And I wrote a letter uh, to Montana and told him, hey, I've got one of your cars, I believe. And here's the unit number. and uh, Got a letter back from Montana, and they said, hi, this is Trooper So-and-so. I have been assigned to help you restore this police car. This car has been uh, actually belonged to Trooper. They gave the name, and he sent a Montana Highway Patrol yearbook for that year. It had the Trooper's name in it and the unit number of his car actually in it. So I had all that history on that, uh, that car. Well, hey, everybody. I'm so excited about this episode because of today's guest. Many of you may already be familiar with the voice that you just heard, but Chris Hahn is the host of the ever-popular SI Car News on WGGH Monster Radio based out of Marion, Illinois. But while many may know Chris because they join him every Saturday morning, only some know that in addition to being an on-air personality, he's also an avid car collector, a car knowledge extraordinaire, and a car event promoter and organizer. I'm so excited. Let's get to it. I'm here to do this. Let's race. Welcome to the full throttle journey into all things automotive. Speed to 120. We're diving into the behind the scenes stories straight from the fast lane. 140 miles an hour. Covering custom cruisers to high powered track machines and everything in between. 50. 160. We're here to fuel your passion for everything on wheels. So jump in because now you're riding shotgun with Ty. Let's go. He's gone. Well, hey, everybody. I'm so excited about this episode because of today's guest. Many of you may already be familiar with the voice that you just heard, but Chris Hahn is the host of the ever popular SI Car News on WGGH Monster Radio based out of Marion, Illinois. But while many may know Chris because they join him every Saturday morning, only some know that in addition to being an on-air personality, he's also an avid car collector, a car knowledge extraordinaire, and a car event promoter and organizer. I'm so excited. Let's get to it. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for coming on today on the podcast. Oh, thank you uh, for that uh, introduction there. Uh, wow, I didn't know I was that. Well, okay, yeah. Uh, it depends on who you ask. If you ask my wife, she says I'm a collector of old junk cars is what she says. But, uh, we all know differently that that's not what it is. It's a, it's a car that can be always restored. And, right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and jump in the interview. Chris, could you give us a, a rundown on your car background and what event or person inspired you to be interested in cars? Sure. Uh, I am. I'm not unique with uh, my my car enthusiasm because a lot of people from my generation, cars were an important part of growing up 
and I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and these were some important times for automobiles. Uh, if you've watched movies like uh, American Graffiti or something like that, you've seen where they are a part, they were part of life. If you had to have a car to get around to meet your friends and things like that. Uh, I started again uh, in the 60s, very young. I could tell you as a three or four year old, every car that had uh, gone on the road, you know, from a Pontiac, from a Moldsmobile, from a Buick, you could just tell and I could too. And that was something that uh, I was thankful for. Uh, my dad, it was a car guy. Uh, my uncles, I had one uncle that worked for, I'm sorry, one uncle that worked for Ford and another one that worked for uh, GM actually up in Detroit. So uh, we would get the rundown of the different vehicles three or four years ahead of time of what type of vehicle was coming along. So uh, it, was, it was a pretty interesting time. And that kind of got me interested in vehicles also and cars. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's a, it's interesting because, uh, again, like I said, the, I mentioned we knew three or four years ahead of time. And my, my uncle would come up and say, uh, hey, here's what uh, the new Thunderbirds are going to look like or the the Mustang is going to have this. And, and he kind of just, I don't know, just kind of run it by us to see what we thought. And, and then there was trips. There was trips to Detroit. Oh, wow. I bet that was amazing. It, it was. Actually, it was. Uh, because again, they were car people. And of course my cousins were car people too. And we get to go down Woodward Avenue and you would see every type of vehicle, believe it or not on Woodward Avenue, hot rods, you'd see gathers, all types of vehicles because it was Detroit motor city. It, it was just amazing time. It really, really was, uh, we'll probably never see anything like that again, but I was proud to be part of just seeing this stuff and, and seeing what's going on. So were those trips to Detroit, were those some of your earliest memories involving cars? They were. They actually were. Uh, because, again, uh, my uh, uncle would uh, would sometimes, and I had a chance of going into the actual De- Dearborn place where they, where they designed cars, because that's what he did. He designed automobiles. And one uh, summer afternoon, he said, hey, guys, cousins, everything. Yeah, I think he took my cousin with me, Dale. And he said, let's go. He said, let's go to the, where I work. And we got to go see all that, see the factory and all this stuff, the big, huge drafting boards and things, which I'm sure it's changed now, but, uh, got to see all that. And, and, and just, it was just a dream. And they had also <clears throat> in one area, they had a pile of junk cars that were fairly new, but what they had done is, and this is probably well known that they would take a car and decide if they wanted a uh, steering wheel, certain type of steering wheel. So they'd say, all right, put steering wheel on this Ford. And so they had the steering wheel on the Ford. They'd go out and test it. They would uh, run it around the track a day or two. And then they'd say, okay, that's it. We're done with that. So they would take it and crush it so that it wouldn't end up. Wow. Yeah. So it wouldn't end up in uh, public. And there's a lot of cars like that. The custom cars that you'd see at the Autoramas and things like that, that Ford and GM would take and, and put out. It was it was wasn't unusual for them when they, when it got done, it got crushed because they didn't want to see it get out in the public. That's yeah, that's an amazing waste. And in, in my eyes, just all that work and and design work that goes into them just to be crushed because it didn't handle or perform the way they the way they thought it would. Well, wow, yeah, and then the, and of course the thing was too, they didn't want 
<clears throat> they like say I bought uh, I don't know bought a Cougar that had been experimental with the steering wheel and something happens we have an accident well lo and behold there'll be a group come in and try to probably sue Ford because it was an experimental car dog on it it shouldn't have been out on the road it uh, even though you put the stuff back to normal and and that's what happened they would always be trying to avoid sadly trying to avoid lawsuits and things like that I can understand that yeah yeah but it was sad to see all the the neat cars that were that were out there in that pile, you know, you just couldn't, and you couldn't, you know, don't get near it. They're getting crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I know, I know that you have several custom cars and trucks. What cars and trucks do you currently own? Well, uh, I'll just tell you the ones that, that my wife is aware of. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, you know, there's some that probably she's not aware of and that's fine. Uh, but I've got start. I have a 56 Ford, uh, that, uh, it's a Victoria. It's not a Crown Victoria. It's a Victoria, and uh, I traded that for a. Uh, and this is this is common. You know, you hear people say I traded, and I traded for a uh, uh, traded that. I received that from a '91 uh, OBS pickup truck. So a guy wanted the OBS. I wanted the '56. We got the '56. So that's one of the one of my most current models that I have. Uh, I have a 67 Plymouth Fury that is a Illinois State Police uh, replica. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's a, it's a replica. If you go and look at 1967 Illinois State Police cars, it's correctly colored. It's the right, correct paint, correct uh, all equipment. And it's a 1967 Plymouth. That's what they used uh, in 1967. It's, it's kind of one of my hobbies that I had been into. And I still love the, 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 the aspects of uh, restoring old police cars correctly. And uh, I did have a, a 1988 Montana High Patrol car was a Brain Fury. Same thing, except this one had actual uh, heritage lineage to the original trooper. I had, uh, yeah, I had uh, I had actually written a letter. This is back when you used to write. And I wrote a letter uh, to Montana and told him, hey, I've got one of your cars, I believe, and here's the unit number. I think it was one like one nine eight eight nine or something along those lines, and uh, got a letter back from Montana, and they said, "Hi, this is Trooper So and So. I have been assigned to help you restore this police car. This car has been uh, be- actually belonged to Trooper. They gave the name, and he sent a yearbook, a Montana Highway Patrol yearbook for that year, and had the Trooper's name in it and the unit number of his car actually in it. So I had." All that history on that, uh, that car. Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, restoring police cars is a, is a, uh, is a great part of the automotive hobby because what you're doing is if you're doing it correctly, uh, you're giving, um, uh, respect and, uh, loyalty and her- heritage to, uh, the troopers and officers that, uh, patrol. So, yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm glad to actually be part of that. And, uh, Hopefully my my uh, fury is being restored right now. Uh, engine, I blew the engine. The yep, uh, dodges. Uh, <laughs> a lot about that now, but uh, so so it's been restored. But it is uh, it'll say police car. So I got to ask: Does it have the single red bubble light on top, or does it have a light bar? No, it has light bar. Actually, it has uh, two. Uh, yeah, two uh, regular. Uh, and I'm just I'm drawing a blank right now, but it's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's two lights in. They didn't, they actually switched. If you want to hear about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, 1966 saw the last year for the black and white, and that's what they were. They were 
uh, Illinois State Police were black and white cars with a single bubble on top, single light. And then in 67, they switched to the tan with the double lights and the spotlights and a different uh, type of uh, markings on the vehicle. And uh, they went with that until about, uh, I want to say, almost bicentennial when they went to uh, uh, all white cars with red, white, and blue. And every district had a red, white, and blue Illinois State Police car. So it was uh, it was in it was interesting. But uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, I had double lights on it. Yeah. That that is interesting. That's something that isn't an unknown fact. Yeah, that a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't even know. But that's that's very interesting. That's some interesting history. Yeah. Obviously, you you're into customizing cars and restoring cars. What was the first car that you had that you restored or customized? Well, I uh, I, I'll I'll take credit for it, but it, it wasn't much of customizing. But it was my very first car was a seventy Torino GT. Now, that's kind of a misnomer when they put GT on cars, because this doggone car had a 302 in it. It didn't have a 400-something. It, it wasn't, you know, a fast car, but it they put Torino GT. Okay, so I've got to have it. And, it, yeah, again, it had a 302 in it. was wasn't that fast. But uh, I did a few things to it. Uh, I drove it in high school, actually. And uh, this is probably common in every high school across america i hope so uh when you got ready for school to be dismissed you always want to be the first out of that parking lot <laughs> oh yeah i would try to be the first out of the parking lot and it made some people upset so they would as i'm getting into my car they would pop the hood on my car because at that time you could open a hood on the outside you didn't have to be an inside car they would pop the hood and uh pull all my plug wires oh pull, pull all my plug wires and then they'd say now let's see you get out in front. Yeah, well, I didn't. So I installed um, hood pins. Okay. Yeah, I yeah I put hood pins on, and I put them with little bitty locks on the hood pins, very small locks, and uh, uh, that that saved the embarrassment of getting that put my uh, plug wire back in. But uh, never regained first place ever again. I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Now, you, you told me a little bit about your cars you have, and I know you have a couple Chevy pickup trucks, correct? Well, I got, I did have to, I did trade one off. That was the, the blue OBS uh, 91. Okay. But I do have a 68 C10 Chevy that has been lowered. I didn't, I, I did not do any of the work, but it has been lowered and it has, uh, uh, it's beautiful. It's a long bed, but uh, I, there's some, there's a controversy back on short bed, long bed, but I think uh, in the in the grand scheme of things, I think they both have their place. Uh, it's a six cylinder, but it has a uh, eight for six on it, which means it has uh, dual carbs <laughs> that were put on it. Okay, and it's it's a three speed on the tree, so it's just about theft proof. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it's a fast little fast little truck. It really it really is. It's a fast little truck, and uh, just love it. It's the uh, it's the the favorite uh, right now of uh, a lot of the truck collectors is that uh, that year Chevy C10. It really is. That's that's amazing. Now, do you do you prefer trucks over cars, or cars over trucks, or do you have a preference? I I, I don't have a preference. I, it's just like you know, I I got uh, a couple of uh, Chevy pickups, and, uh, and my family has been basically Fords and Mercury's. So I had a lot of people disparaging me, like, "Oh, what in the world is wrong with you? You got Chevy." I thought, you know what? I like them all. 
I, I really do. Each truck, each car has some type of a unique thing that I myself like. I have everything from, as I mentioned, from a Chevy C10 to a, a Horde station wagon. And, uh, you know, I've got a Cadillac Eldorado, or not Cadillac Eldorado, a Cadillac Fleetwood, excuse me. I'm trying to upgrade my Cadillacs. It's Cadillac Fleetwood. Uh, so, uh, currently not running as, as my wife knows, but, uh, yeah, I just like them all. If it hits, you know, it catches my eye. I like them. I really do. Now is that Cadillac Fleetwood? Is that your current project? Is that what you're currently working on or do you have one? Well, there's, there's a couple of people that are interested in it as far as getting it started. I'm not personally interested right now. Uh, I, I kind of like to wait until there's a tree growing out of the, uh, the hood and, uh, <laughs> It's like my feet in the dirt, and I go, uh, no, I'm going to work on that someday. Don't touch that one right there. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a current project, um, not right on the, you know, right close to the getting ready, but uh, somewhere down the line. Yeah, somewhere down the line. Yeah, that's it. I'm working on it somewhere down the line. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I just seen a, a picture or a meme the other day of a coffee mug that says, your husband's going to get around to it. There's no need to remind him three or four times a day. He'll get around to it sometime in the next six months. Exactly. From cars to chores, we'll get to it. Right. No hurry. <laughs> Do you have a car that's like a Holy Grail car to you or like a dream car that you would love to have if you could ever get your hands on one? There's couples. There's several. I, I try to keep my choices varied, but... uh Again, I grew up uh, with Fords and Mercury's. My uh, parents got a um, 63 Mercury, and my uncle had something to do with that as far as getting it for him because he followed it. Apparently, he followed it through the whole factories that are assembling it. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I, yeah, I was young. They could tell me anything. You know, they could tell me that stuff. But uh, uh, So uh, they bought that one. They bought it. My uncle says, hey, you know, they, there's a special deal when you work for Ford and Mercury and all that, that you could buy vehicles at a reasonable price from friends and family. So they bought this 63 Mercury, four-door, uh, black, black interior. And by the way, if you've never experienced pain, be a little eight-year-old kid wearing shorts, sitting down in a vinyl seat <laughs> that is black. That sounds painful. In the heat. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> it was and no air conditioning you know we 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 sweated like men yes we did we did think anything about that so uh, we we yeah well, that was our first car so i i was kind of attracted to the 63 uh mercury and I, i've always wanted to find another one like it and uh they're they're, they're hard to come by because they they're not throwaway cars but they were cars that didn't really get everybody's interest you know like a mustang or camaro or something like that so yeah look at that my uh, my dad, his company car was a, a 1960 Ford. It was a station wagon, and um, that that's a unique um, unique year for Ford. All the manufacturers look; they can say what they want, but all the manufacturers look at all the other manufacturers. And Chevy had this coming out. And they had their you know their 58 and 59. Well, Ford was looking. And they said, man, what are we going to do? We're going to, you know, this is what we've got. Our, you know, we had our 58 and 59 and it, you know, it, it's okay. So in 60, which they probably started designing in 58, they came out with something completely different out of the box than what they had done before. 
And if you look at it, it does. It does not look like any of the 58s and 59s, nor does it look like the, the 61s and 62s. They just, they went completely off the, off, out of the box. Um, it was a unique taste for people. Some people liked it. Some people again didn't. So Ford went back to the drawing board. And, uh, as you see, the more, I say conservative, but uh, yeah, it more conservative, uh, views of the 61 Ford and 62 as they went up. So yeah, it's, it, it but I don't find one of those. It's, uh, interesting too, if I can mention this, this is a time when Edsel died. It, you know, Edsel died. It was a, you know, you still find 60 Edsels around, not very many. But if you look real hard and squint, you can see a 1960 Ford in that 1960 Edsel. And yeah, and it was, it was, it was the last year, but it was also the only year, and this is my favorite, that they didn't do the horse collar grill, as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. That horse collar. And it was a, again, desired taste and it, you know, the economy and things like that caused the Edsel to die, actually. But in 60, they kind of switched things around. I was like, doggone it, if they just kept going a little bit longer. Yeah. But yeah, that grill was a very rare thing. When, when you, even today, when you see it, you're like, I know exactly what that car is because I almost hesitate to say iconic because, it, like you said, it's not a taste for everybody, but it's a very, it's very much a defining factor of that car for sure. Yes. I think, I believe that was the first time I may be wrong that they had the push button transmission or you could, push D for drive or R for reverse. Of course, that car was way ahead of its time, which is crazy because, you know, back in the 60s and late 50s and 60s, all the cars had that. They were highly influenced by airplanes and space and rocket ships and stuff. And so you would think something like that with them embracing technology as much as they were during that time. Something like that would have fit right in, you'd think, but uh, apparently it didn't because we haven't seen that until like, here recently in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and I, I'm not sure if it's, it was the first one. They're probably one of the first ones. I know Plymouth, they went big on the push button also, but, uh, it, it just, um, it, it, it the economy wasn't right. Uh, things like that. There were some issues with mechanical issues with as far as, uh, that you don't want to get this thing out. So maybe there's some things that didn't get looked at right away. And people had some, some issues with mechanics and that spreads, whether it's the internet or anything back in the fifties, word of mouth spread pretty quick. So, uh, a, yeah. So things like that happened. And it's a shame because I think it would have been a fairly good car Ford tried to keep up with GM. And what, what you did was, you know, you had GM, they had the Chevy Pontiac, Oldsmobile Buick Cadillac. So Ford thought they could have Ford, uh, Mercury, Edsel, Lincoln, and Continental. And they thought, well, we'll have the same amount of uh, car manufacturers or departments that uh, GM did. It's always been a fight that way. And, and uh, uh, GM won. Yeah. You know, they did. Yeah, it's true. Really. So I, I know you attend and I know you promote and organize car events and car shows. But do you have a list of car shows that... Every year, like in January, you're like, yes, I'm going to this car show this year. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, and I try to. I, I've had some, um, some health issues, which is no big deal. But, uh, and I've, you know, said, nah, I'm not going. But, uh, yeah, there, there are definitely one. In fact, there's one coming up, uh, this month 
that is a little bit out of our area, but it is a good show, and that's the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals, and it happens up in uh, Rosemont, Illinois, every year. And it is a terrific show. If you are into muscle cars or Corvettes or just those rare model cars that you haven't seen anywhere else, if you go to the show, you will see them. You really will. They're, they've got some unique cars there. Um, also, some charity shows I like to go to. My old show, I like to go to that one, especially. Right. Uh, but uh, there used to be a show in uh, Chicago, which was the Chicago Land Emergency Vehicle Show. And it was put on by a gentleman uh, of uh, named Greg Reynolds, and he did a terrific job on it. And uh, it was where you had all the emergency vehicles you could think of. You had ambulances, you had fire trucks, police cars, mm-hmm. uh, and all those types of vehicles restored correctly. And it was a it was a big show. It really was, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Now you had mentioned your show, the Squads and Rod Car Show. That you have there in Golconda, you just recently had that, correct? Like a month ago, was that right? Yeah, we had that a month ago. We uh, we had about seventy five cars and uh, raised a little over a thousand dollars for kids, and we're going to be going on. It's in fact, we're going to be going on a shopping trip next month to take some kids to uh, buy some Christmas gifts and, and have some fun like that. That's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of good people out there that that help out. So, is there is there one plan for twenty four? For next year oh yeah i always i always uh you know don't think i don't think ahead and think man what a what another headache but uh no yeah we're gonna we're gonna do it for as good lord will and we're gonna do it for 2024 too that'll be our 22nd show so uh i have no uh no visions of quitting yet until somebody tells me to stop but uh, no it's always a good show and that was based on actually it's called squads and rods I knew that there wasn't a lot of uh, police cars restored in this area, so I thought, well, maybe if we get uh, other cars involved besides squad cars that are restored, maybe we'll have a bigger show. And we did. It was based kind of like I watched, uh, again, the emergency vehicle show up in Chicago and said, oh, let's do a little one down here like that. Yeah. Is there is there a Facebook page or a website or anything people can go to to get information as it comes out about next year's show? Uh, yes, there is. It, there's a Facebook page, actual page, and it's... Uh, I believe it just says uh, Squads and Rods Car Show 2024. It'll be October 20th, and it's it's basically what it says. So, uh, and I try to change it every chance I get. So, yeah, yeah, and my my page, you know, my okay. personal page, I have stuff on there too. Yeah, okay. I'll be sure to uh, put that Squads and Rods Facebook link in our show notes so anybody listening to the podcast can just click on that. I'll take them straight to it. So they ain't got to do a whole lot of searching and stuff. They can just click on that link right there. All right. Thank you. When it comes to like new and upcoming car trends or modern car trends, are there any car trends that you like or dislike at the at the moment? Well, you know, I know, I know right now everybody's supposed to be down on them. You know, electric vehicles. Oh, I hate those electric vehicles. Oh, I don't want one. Well, I always say don't buy one. But there's still going to be internal combustion engines available. They're, they're still going to be there. Uh, contrary to what people have read in the last couple of years, if you start reading what they're saying now, uh, yeah, we're going to have internal combustion engines plus electric vehicles. Uh, if you want one, I, I say go get one. I, I don't right now. I don't want one of those. I'd rather stay with uh, internal combustion and have uh, fun with that. But uh, I, I see a trend towards, um, when, I, when I look at the cars, and I look back 50 years ago, and I can look back that far, um, when we see these cars, people go, man, look at this thing. It's all, 
it all looks the same and all that. And I go, you know what? That's our fault because remember card shows back many years ago and we wanted the modern look. Well, that was the modern look they were telling us was coming. And we went, yeah, I like that. That looks cool. It's like, yeah, we'll do that. And that's what we've got now. We've got the modern look. We've got the, you know, things that are, that are smooth and, and, uh, all those details. And that's where we're at right now. Now I feel like when we see the retro vehicles, we don't see many of those anymore, but we did see the latest are probably like the, uh, Camaro, uh, the Challenger and the Mustang. Those are probably the most retro type vehicles that we saw. And we had the PT Cruiser and the HHR, but, uh, if we start seeing things with some style, I think that'd be really great. As far as I'm concerned with style, uh, I, I think you should be able to look at a vehicle and tell right away what it is. So, yeah, yeah, I really do. Yeah. The other day we were driving behind and I'm not meaning to slander any kind of vehicle because every vehicle has its place, but we was driving down the road behind a, one of the new Tundras, the Toyota Tundras. And I wasn't close enough where I could read the logo on the tailgate. But from a distance, it looked like the back of a Ram. If I said, hey, I said, I think that's one of those new Rams. But when we got closer, I was like, well, I was totally wrong. That's a Tundra. And I didn't even know, you know, with the electric vehicles, everybody has their own opinion about that, you know, and, and their opinions are usually very loud and outspoken. <laughs> but uh, the electric vehicle will probably have its place. And uh, right now it's just a novelty item. It's just uh, something that's, you know, like a status symbol almost at this point in time. But when they when they switched over from the Model A and the Model T, it, there was probably a lot of opposition toward that. And every generation after that, you know, they'll have their place. Yeah. 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 Most of the opposition, and funny you bring that up, uh, talking about the Model T. Uh, Henry Ford was happy with just building the Model T. He probably, if he was still alive, which he'd be ancient but he'd still build the model t he didn't think that there needed to be any changes and it took his son to tell him you know dad either we change or we're going out of business right and and as, as you know they actually had to shut down the assembly line and not produce any cars until they tooled up and started making the model a again uh, or model a and you know he was like you know hey I'm, we're doing fine and they worked I was just talking to Tyler Newberry. I don't know if, if you've listened to that podcast yet or anyone that does. He he makes it very clear that in this industry, in the automotive industry, you have to change because there's new stuff coming out all the time, new trends, new likes, new dislikes. And so you have to be on top of your game at all times because it changes so fast. It, like you said, sometimes overnight, it seems like it changes. Yeah. And and the thing that, and, I, I, and I've, I talked to Tyler. He's a great, great guy. He really knows. Uh, he knows his stuff. He, no doubt about it, he knows his stuff. Um, if you take a look for just a second at, uh, uh, if you go to YouTube or any of the places and and type in old car commercials, back in the, again, back in the 60s, 70s, even the 80s, they concentrated on horsepower. They concentrated on uh, durability and things along those lines. If you look at the, you even got a glimpse at the engine. If you look at the, uh, car commercials or things of today, it's all around 
the driver, and the passenger. Look how nice this is. Now, I'm not taking away. I'm not uh, a Madison Avenue salesperson, so I'm not taking away from that. But it's gone from being, look how durable this vehicle is, look how fast it'll go, to all of a sudden now, aren't you comfortable? Uh, look at all the wood around you. Aren't you happy? Look at all the buttons you can push. And it's it's ch- it's changed. It's taken it from the, you know, being a driver to being almost just a passenger, even though you are the driver. It's it's it has changed that way, and that's in a way I think that's sad cause, because you know the, the engine is it's Tyler Newberry I would tell you, and and that's true. You know, you got to keep up with those trends, but I don't think the trend ought to be. Uh, hey, look at this. We got a new panel in here that we could push buttons and and change things. And look, ooh, heated seats. Yeah. I don't think that should be a selling point. I think the selling point should be still be durability and performance as a, a vehicle. For sure. Big thing that they're talking about is the the hands-free driving. I've seen that in like a lot of car ads. They're going toward autonomous, you know, driving. And to me, it's like, I enjoy driving. I, I, I don't know, maybe call me a control freak or whatever, but I like to be in control of the car when it's moving. <laughs> so I like to drive. I like to go down the two lanes. I like to get lost on purpose, you know, yeah. and I, I enjoy that. So to me, it's, I don't know, maybe there's a, a ma- large majority of the population now that are car buyers that want, you know, where it's hands-free. I don't know. That's not me. Maybe, maybe I'll warm up to that in the future. Uh, but uh, as of right now, I, I like being in control. Sure. Uh, yeah, they, they talked about, they had some kind of survey and asked people, said, we had self-driving cars because they want people to have the self-driving car so that when you're in there, you're uh, working on problems of the world and, and all this kind of stuff, mathematics and things. So they asked, they asked people, said, if you had a self-driving car, what was the one thing you would do? And the number one answer is I'd sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. And you were going to go, uh, oh, I'm here. And, and no, no, you're supposed to be studying the problems of the world, not sleeping. But yeah, that's one of the things that happened. So yeah, I'll, I'll drive. Yeah. I use cruise control. That's about as much, uh, control as I want. Uh, sometimes I've seen too where, uh, they have the safety features and I think safety features are important. And they have one where, uh, lane control where you're driving, you've seen the commercial and the guy forgets, I guess, where he's driving and he gets in the other lane and the thing goes, whoa, whoa, and lets you, alerts you to what's going on. I, I probably need that more now at my age. <laughs> no, I, it, I, yeah, I don't want people to think, Hey, I can, uh, I can intentionally goof off and the car will take over for me because we've seen it happen. People taking those self-driving, self-driving cars temporarily. You know, they, you can take your hands off the steering wheel for like 10 minutes while there's people that have put like, weighted gloves on there don't do this don't you know people out there listening don't put the but they would like weighted gloves on the steering wheel and it's steered for an hour or something like that why would you why would you do that but uh yeah it's so I, i'm gonna stay with just uh uh and google I'll, I'll always do my google map thing now i do mine and i'm sure you do yours for this reason you punch in the thing and they'll say uh estimated time of arrival one hour 15 minutes and you go challenge accepted oh yes yeah yeah we're gonna show you google i can make it in less than that yeah problem is is i use the Waze app because it it tells you, you know not only police but like road hazards or re redirects you if there's a you know a wreck and traffic's backed up but the thing bad thing about Waze is it automatically adjusts your time and so it's like wait a minute 
it was this time. You said I was supposed to arrive at this time. No, this is cheating. <laughs> yeah. You you was talking about people wanting to sleep. It, that, just, that just comes down to, you know, people wanting to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Obviously, a lot of people like to don't like to stop. They don't like to, okay, we got point A and then we got B, C, D, E, F, and eventually we'll get to our destination, but we got a lot of stops where we would like to see in between point A and our destination. I mean, that started with the interstate. You know, the interstate's great, but it allows you to get to your destination quicker. And yeah. now you got GPS. You can choose the fastest route, whatever route will get you there the fast. And, you know, I'm I'm not hating on anybody or, or thumping on anybody. If you're, you're a point A to point B person, that's fine. That You do you. Yeah. But I've just always been that type of person that likes to check things out, see the scenery, you know, take the two lane every once in a while. So I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I did have a kind of interesting story, I guess. Sir. Uh, the wife and I, and she will never go with me again, but we went to the SEMA convention in Las Vegas in 2009. Uh, I was actually invited. Uh, I'm sure that won't happen again, but I was invited at the time to go to SEMA. Uh, anyhow, we're driving on the interstate, and they have all these like little shops, little little shops here. Exit 12. Hey, don't, don't forget, we've got... Uh, uh, some type of Indian artifacts. Well, my wife would say something. She'd go, hey, and I'm driving along, and she'd say, hey, don't forget, right up here is, uh, you can stop an Indian artifact. I'm like, uh-huh. And she go, you want to right past it? I said, you've got to give me time. <laughs> you got to give me time. you got to let me know ahead of time, like 20 or 30 miles before I uh, realize what it is. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, that trip didn't, I don't think she'll go to Las Vegas with me again. I don't think so. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your radio show. Got any interesting guests coming up? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. You know, that's something that's good. And this is good uh, with your show here, uh, is that, uh, people always want to talk and it doesn't matter what part of the, uh, uh, automotive hobby they're in. And, And that's what I liked. And when I, when I started the show, it's been, oh my goodness, 15 years. Uh, I thought, you know, I can talk to some of the people that I've always wanted to talk to, my automotive heroes. First one I ever interviewed with the help of uh, a gentleman in radio was uh, Norm Grabowski. And I don't know if you're familiar with Norm Grabowski or not, uh, but he was a terrific guy. He was a hot rodder. He came up with the tea bucket. He was uh, known for that. He was an actor also. And we ta- actually, we talked more off the show than we did on the show, but terrific guy i thought man i could just hey this is si car news i can can i talk to so-and-so and I've, I've talked to so many people across the automotive realm uh it's it's a great thing it really is and people hopefully people have listened just like people listen to you and your show uh to, to hear you and also some people that actually matter as far as in the automotive automotive realm right yeah it's it's been a lot of fun it really has i've uh i i have some people lined up hopefully it it, it takes a little while to get people settled up and 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 uh, to go i know i've had uh in the past i've had Dennis gauge for my classic car some people like that had rich uh christensen from uh do you remember pink's all out mm-hmm. remember, uh, yeah i got to talk to him and everybody got to find out that actually rich wasn't a car guy he's a producer really and that he did yes he produced shows he does well, i hope he's still doing it uh, he produces shows. He's produced hundreds of shows, and not ever one of them made it. But 
pinks all out, made it. So they set up the thing. They set up, get ready. Said, who we got to, to uh, drop the flags? And they said, well, the guy's not here or something happened. So Rich Christensen said, well, I guess I'll be the one that, you know, sets up and drops the flags. And so he started doing it. And that's how he got into it. And people thought, man, he's a cool car guy. Well, he's a cool guy. Really is a uh, nice guy, but he's not a car guy. Yeah, he's not a car guy, but, uh, you know, he just produced so many shows and one of them stuck and that's how he got where he got. So I didn't know that. I love that show. <laughs> yeah. Yo, good show. Yeah. Good guy. Good guy. I think it's phone number Ryan, or somewhere. If you need it, I'll try to keep you. Well, you never know. You know. All right, Chris, we go to a part of the podcast here that I like to, and you'll understand this in drag race in reference. I call it cutting the light. And uh, basically what it is, is I ask you uh, rapid fire questions here, and some of them are car related. Some of them are not. You just answer with whatever answer comes to your mind there, and you, you can explain it or you can leave it unexplained. That's up to you. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Question number one. Do you like to text or talk on the phone? I text. I do like to text. Do you have a song that anytime you hear it or it comes on the radio that makes you want to drive fast? Um, yeah, no, I really, a lot of them. I have too many of them, but because there's just so many that I can think of that, uh, yeah, not one particular song. No. How about one when you hear it, it makes you just want to relax, lay back and cruise? Um, Along the same lines, I, I, there's not very many. I, uh, probably, uh, Steppenwolf, John Kane Steppenwolf, Born to be Wild, and, which he wrote means inspired by driving at a Ford Falcon. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's how he was inspired to write, uh, Born to be Wild. So that, that, that's one of them. Yeah. Well, he's definitely inspired a lot of car guys since then. What was uh what was your last impulse buy? Uh probably, believe it or not, it's 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 car related, but it's not, but it is. Uh there is a uh, a one one sixty fourth scale racing track for sale and cars. And this was a again a big thing that we did back in the sixties and seventies and even the eighties was slot cars. And yeah. I'm uh, I happened to thumb through, and all of a sudden that one ad popped up, and I went, "No, no, okay, here we go." And and I bought it. And of course, I didn't explain to the wife why I did that. She <laughs> explanation. She knows I'm just that way. But yeah, slot car track. I did. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? Uh probably. Uh, I hate to say this, probably a four. Believe it or not. Because I know that there was actually a thing done on that, on uh, people thinking that they were really good drivers, and they found out they're not. And uh, as I get older, I'm I'm more alert because I realize that older people have have uh, limitations. So yeah, four. I'm going to say four and a half. Yeah, I'll say that. Okay. So I don't don't like don't run off the road when I come your way. But I mean, I don't want to say that. I'm not going to say I'm a poor driver, but I'm going to say yeah, yeah, four. Okay. Uh, you prefer Ford, Dodge, or Chevy better? Well, um, they're all good. I'm a little different as far as the vehicles. It's a it's an orphan vehicle, but I always liked Mercury's. In fact, I'm still looking for a Mercury Marauder. Oh, yes. Yes. See? Yeah. I found one the other day. It was uh, 
two high miles, just spend, you know, road hard and put up wet. And I went, ah, I don't want to spend that money on it. But I'm still looking for the uh, Mercury Marauder. Uh, I, I love those cars. I really do. Yes. Yeah. They were one of the classic sleepers. Yeah. That's in uh, Buick had uh, the Buick GL that had the LS1 Corvette engine in it. And it was super sleeper. I love <laughs> I love those. Comfortable and fast. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie quote? Uh, I, I, I guess I must say, if I would, I mean, one of my favorite movies, of course, is The Blues Brothers. Uh-huh. And just about any quote that you say from that would be good. It's 106 miles to Chicago. It's dark for wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Uh, yeah, I do. I enjoyed The Blues Brothers. Uh, in fact, I don't tell too many people this because it's kind of almost a, a bad thing for some people, but I actually have a blues mobile. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's accurate. It's accurate. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a 75, but it has a 74 front end. It's, it's painted the right colors, markings. In fact, the gentleman I bought it from, uh, it did excellent work. He restored police cars and he did this blues mobile and he advertised it on Facebook a few years ago. And I went, Oh, I've got to have uh, impulse buying back a few years. <laughs> oh, I've got to have this. So I, I, Click on it, and I asked him, I said, hey, you still got this car? I'll take it. Uh, yeah, we'll get it to you. And they drove it down here, and I have not driven it since, isn't it? <laughs> I know. So anyone interested in a Bluesmobile, there you go. Yeah. I uh, I was actually going to use that quote in my intro for the podcast, but I had it all set uh-huh. up, and then I thought, I might run into some copyright issues, possibly, if I use that. So I ended up taking it out. But yes, I do love that quote, the 106 miles of Chicago quote. What is uh, what is the one thing that you always seem to lose or misplace? Oh, uh, besides my mind, um, well, yeah, a lot of times car keys. I've got, last count, I've got like 14 cars, not all running, but. Somebody will want something, and they'll go, I know where it's at. It's in this car here, this part, and I can't find the keys for it. Yeah, car keys. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you have a, a favorite midnight snack that you like to eat late at night? Um. Yeah. You know, just recently, uh, White Castle came out with a thing like like pizza, like little pizza things that you used to get in the ovens, and you throw it in there, the pizza bite. Well, they make a White Castle bite now out of uh cheeseburger white castles and yeah that really really is bad for me but yeah i really like them they're really good <laughs> that sounds good yeah what's the fastest speed you've ever gone in a car and what type of car was it oh uh let's see probably my torino gt with 302 i flipped the air cleaner upside down as you're supposed to the cover and I think I went at least uh, five hundred miles. I probably, <laughs> I probably went, I probably went one hundred and twenty. You know, that's probably what, okay. Yeah, as fast as I go. Yeah. And the last question is: uh, toilet paper does it go over or under the roll? Then it goes. It goes over. No, no, no doubt. It even says that in the, you know, in the copyright things like that. <laughs> it goes over. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're coming to the end of this interview here. I always let our guest have the last word. Do you have any words of wisdom or inspiration that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, I just I just want to say, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. I hope this doesn't cost you people by listening to me and going, oh my God, 
It's the best thing you do. Uh, you know, this hobby, this lifestyle that we are in with cars and automobiles, uh, let's include everybody. I think it's sometimes, you know, we kind of look and we go, well, that person is driving a, a foreign car or that person is driving you know, a Honda and that, or that person over there is driving a rat rod and, and I've got my vehicle over here. Let's include all of them. Let's include everybody, all generations. We don't want to lose what we've got right now. And that is uh, our automotive hobby. As the smoke clears on today's episode, I would like to thank Chris Hahn for taking time out and sitting down to talk with us today. And to all you listeners out there, thank you as well for jumping in and joining us. Whether you're tearing up the track or you're cruising them back roads, embrace that grit, embrace the grind, and the glory of the open road. This is Ty signing off. Until next time, drive on.